0: Welcome back to the Relax My Dog podcast. My name is Claire. My name's Leah. We are from Relax My Dog, where we talk about all things dogs. <coughs> We we're talking about something that is a bit little, little, little bit niche, but I think it's something both Leah and I have had um, experience with, and that is introducing dogs to cats. Now, I've always had cats, uh, ever since I can remember, um, but I only ever had one dog, and we got her when I was maybe about 12, 14, something like that. So, um, we did go through the process of introducing our dog to our cat, which was hard, actually, because our cat was really
1: horrible. <laughs> <laughs> um what about you you did you have rio first or did you have milo yeah so we had rio first and i think rio was about two and then we got milo um and that was about 10 years ago now but again when they first met they weren't the best of friends let's just put it that way but <laughs> now the relationship that they have is just of oh, it's so so nice whenever we're out on a walk and rio sort of comes and joins us he sort of rubs himself on milo like you can just tell oh, that we just yeah. really love- We love each other, and it is—it's just really sweet. Mallow will give him kisses as well, so they have really sort of built that relationship up, which is—it's honestly so cute to watch. Oh,
0: that's so sweet. Now, when I when we had our old dog Bess, we had Mister Chips, who was an old grumpy grumpus. Um, So she didn't like Bess at all, but he didn't like anybody. To be perfectly honest, he only liked me, and that's because I was the one that fed him. (laughs) But then Mr Chips passed away Um, we still had Bess and then we've got two cats so we got uh, eight rags who I've got, I've still got now
1: mm-hmm. and
0: AC her brother um, and Bess was so like excited about the kittens like she just wanted to play with them all the time and I think yeah. because she was so lovely with them they were never really afraid of her and um, so they grew up and so they just grew up around her so that she was just part of the furniture basically so um, even though sometimes she'd get a bit boisterous and get a bit, she she would get a little bit of a, a scratch on the nose
1: occasionally. Mm-hmm. You know what, dogs are like, she'd just go um, right yeah. back in for a bit more. <laughs> yeah. The thing with Milo um, Rio Rio, to be fair, Milo will wag his tail because he's got quite a bushy tail. When he wags it, it'll probably go in the cat's face and then Rio's like a bit like shocked, like he doesn't know what to do. And there's sometimes <laughs> the claw or the paw does come out and he's like batting the tail away, like get off me. <laughs> but yeah. like... I think they're like siblings, aren't they? Really? <laughs> yeah. Like, Marlo definitely knows that his tails in the cat's face, but he's still going to wag it. He's still going to annoy the cat as much as he can, like a like a younger brother when they just sort of won't stop, <laughs> just there all the time.
0: Yeah. Stop hitting yourself with my tail, Stop hitting
1: yourself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So whether you've already got a dog and you, you you're thinking of getting a cat, or the other way around, it's very important to think about the first introduction, like just introducing them without any sort of prior planning or knowledge is actually quite dangerous especially if you've got a dog that's got like a high prey drive um, or a particularly skittish cat that's just not going to end well. Um, so Leah and I are going to talk to you today about introducing dogs and cats. all um, things you need to consider because it's actually a lot more complicated than you might you might first imagine. So we're going to start off with matching cats and dogs. So first of all, if you're thinking of getting a cat for your dog or a dog for your cat, it's important to consider both animals' and personalities. It may be helpful to look for a companion that's already been exposed to the other species in the past. So if you're adopting a dog or a cat from a shelter and they say that they are have experience or they're good with dogs and or cats, um, it's probably more of a better idea to get that kind of cat than one that doesn't have any experience.
1: Yeah, definitely. You can see as well that on a lot of... Um, sort of like uh, dog homes and things like that they'll normally put what their experience is like with a mm-hmm. cat or they'll say whether they've ever been exposed to them or what their reaction is to them so yeah if it is you even just like look on the website you would be able to see or gain a bit more information about that yeah now the next one is obviously if your dog attempts to aggressively chase pin pick up or otherwise manhandle any cat it's probably not best not to even get or consider getting a cat. If you take them for a walk and they're sort of pulling on the lead to mm. chase the cat, that's sort of when you can get an idea that maybe this dog isn't gonna be right um, if I bring a cat into this situation. Um, additionally, a dog who growls, lunges, or um, obsessive barks at a cat would possibly do best in a cat-free environment. Uh, likewise, a cat who growls, swats at, um, or runs from, or hides, Home dogs would possibly prefer not to live with a dog. You've just got to think about what's best for the animal as well. Like, would mm-hmm. they get really stressed and anxious if there's a dog in the house? I say that though, but whenever we have other dogs coming over to the house, Rio hates it. He gets frightened. He runs upstairs. But it's just different with Milo, maybe because they've grown up together or he's just yeah. had that positive environment. He's like, he's always been in the positive environment with Milo. Maybe it's just a different relationship. But yeah whenever any other dog comes in the house he like bushy tail backs up like he gets really really frightened oh, and scared. Yeah. but with Milo it's like he's fine he's like rubbing himself <laughs> on it, like whatever maybe he just sees him as another cat I don't know
0: I think I must be him. I think he probably doesn't see him as a dog he probably sees him as just this big this big cat <laughs> that's a bit clumsy
1: yeah, yeah maybe <laughs>
0: <laughs> if um if a dog loves chasing things, then a fearful, shy cat who runs away probably wouldn't be the best choice either, as it could trigger the dog to chase them. Similarly, uh, an energetic cat who runs and pounces would fall into the same category. A better match here would be a calm, confident cat who will not run uh, either in fear or in play.
1: Yeah. Uh, now, if a dog plays roughly, it is best to avoid kittens or elderly cats. Who can obviously easily be hurt instead stick to playful adults who are interested in play but are also confident enough to take care of themselves. You obviously, want the cat to stick up for themselves a little bit if they're mm-hmm. being introduced into this, into this house. Um now if a cat is rambunctious or playful, a dog that is playful but gentle would obviously be a great option. It's like just finding like like the sort of we say, just matching the perfect dog to the perfect cat.
0: Yeah. And you know, that you know, it sounds like it's gonna be might be impossible, but actually like you said, in shelters and stuff, it's quite often um with dogs and cats, it, it's it's labelled whether they've got um experience with um other dogs and other cats and also their sort of personality type. So actually it's quite uh, quite easy to pick the right cat or the right dog. Um it might be a little bit of trial and error, but it's not you're not completely gonna be in the dark with it, I don't think. No. Uh, see if a dog or a cat is elderly, laid back, quiet or anxious, and a calm counterpart would be best. Avoid ranchous companions who may annoy, frighten or otherwise bother the other pet. That's basically just uh, rounding up what we've said in this whole section is that, um, yeah, try and match the personality or complementary personalities between both animals.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So, we're we'll going to move on to the introduction process because it is a process and it is one that you're going to have to do correctly. Um, regardless of whether you're getting a your new cat or a new dog, the first introduction between your current pet and your new pet is a very important part of the process. So, here are some steps to take to ensure a successful
1: meeting. Now, the first step is to choose the obviously the proper location for the first meeting. So, if you have a resident cat and you've got introducing a new dog, um, if you're adopting a dog, you should take your cat to meet him at the shelter or another establishment which houses a number of animals for health and safety reasons. Instead, the introduction should take place at home. Now, if you're introducing a resident dog to a new cat, um, obviously if you're adopting a cat, you should not take the dog into the shelter and expose him to the cat, as this can be highly stressful or traumatic for all the cats there also it is not necessarily a good indicator of how the dog will react at home instead ask the shelters adoption counsellors whether um, they have any dog savvy confident cats they will allow to meet your dog under controlled conditions if this is not possible an alternative would be to have your dog meet a dog savvy cat who belongs to a friend or relative Um, and obviously as a last resort you can bring your new kitty home and do the introduction at home Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense really yeah. Um, step
0: two is to separate the animals. Um, across a few days, rotate which animal has freedom and which is confined to allow each animal plenty of time to investigate the other one's scent. And um, because animals like um, I don't know, if, like how widely do know this is, but cats and dogs, cats specifically, I think, actually um, dis- distinguish people and other things through scent more than sight. So that's like sometimes when you go away, and you come back, and your cat doesn't know who you are it's because the, the scent your, your scent hasn't been that I always find that really fascinating that it's yeah. more through than it is, than it is through uh, vision which is just crazy to me <laughs> yeah. sometimes a dog should be confined to a crate or another room um, or taken to another location if it can't be left alone to allow the cat to try time to roam free and investigate the smell of the dog If the dog obsessively digs at the separation barrier or barks at the cat for more than a day or two, the interaction likely won't work out without proper training. You may need the help of a professional. No one is home. The dog or cat must always be securely confined. So unsupervised, unsupervised interactions are not possible. Once the dog is calm or at least not obsessed with the cat and the cat is calm, eating and using litter box normally, you can proceed to the next step. It's very, very important to make sure that both animals are completely comfortable in the environment like so um it's like like just mentioned about the cat if the cat's not eating or drinking or using the litter box properly they're not completely settled yet so don't rush that part of the process
1: yeah i think it's important as well to remember to take this interaction slow obviously it's like a no thing that dogs and cats just normally don't get on with each other so not put, <laughs> like putting them into into a room together and just hoping for the best is like not the best way to do it you just need to take your time with it Um, imagine like I don't know two things that really historically don't like each other are trying to (laughs) meet and trying to live in harmony together it's obviously going to be a long a long process Mm -hmm. Now the next step is to make leashed introductions so um, obviously allow both animals to be in the same room at the same time but obviously keep the dog securely leashed so just that they can't run up and get overly excited etc especially if it's a puppy puppies are going to be excited whether Um, it's a cat there or it's something I don't know a leaf in the room or whatever they're going to get excited because it's just what a puppy does so just be aware of that as well and obviously continue with the leash type of um, introduction until the dog is calm and obviously ignores the cat and obviously when the cat is calm eating and using the litter box normally like Claire just said um, if there is any fear or regression displayed on either animal's part you need to stay at um, TEP step two for a little bit longer just to make sure that they're both ready to have this introduction and um, continue indefinitely until both the dog and cat seem happy and relaxed around each other and then obviously when no one is home the dog and cat should be securely confined to separate areas so like again Claire said unsupervised interactions are not possible because they're just not ready for that just yet yeah
0: yeah I think basically the the theme of this whole uh podcast is just basically don't rush these things because it's not going to do anyone any good if you're rushing any of this I mean you might be impatient for them to like be best friends but that might never happen especially if you rush these kind of things you're gonna sort of damage that relationship and the both of them are going to be quite stressed out yeah Um, And the next step is to allow unsupervised interaction. Now, unsupervised time together can occur after the cat and dog have been supervised around each other for a significant period of time, uh, about a month or so, maybe even a little bit longer if you're uh, a little bit more anxious about that kind of thing. Um, And you are positive that they're not going to hurt each other. Now, it might be a good idea if you are going to be doing this is to allow unsupervised interactions whilst you're still in the house. So letting your your dog and your cat maybe just, you know, organically walking into maybe the lounge or the dining room or the kitchen and being there alone but not alone in the house because then if something goes on or you know you hear a ruckus or some you know barking and meowing that kind of thing you can actually intervene and that's when you can really gauge that maybe they're not quite ready to be unsupervised yet and you can probably move on after that to you know maybe getting cameras or something so that you know when you're out you can um you can keep an eye on them and just to see what their behaviors are around each other when you're not around
1: yeah or even just like giving your cat because obviously cats can get a lot higher than dogs can just giving Mm -hmm. them an area that whether it's like a tree you know like a cat tree that you can get in the house or just something that you know that your cat can go somewhere high up and just have a bit of space a bit of time away from the dog like for example Rio has um or when we were um in my old house we had like quite a tall counter that Mm -hmm. Milo couldn't reach up even if he was on his hind legs he just couldn't get up there and so we knew that if Rio ever needed to to get away from Milo obviously he never would have needed to because it's it's not that kind of relationship Mm -hmm. but if he did at least he knows that he can go up there and he can have peace and quiet he can sit there lie there just chill there and calm down and let Milo sort of get on with his day yeah yeah that's true Uh, So the one little training tip that we have for you as well is if the dog obviously stares at the cat um, or the door separating the cat, obviously the dog's probably really, really interested in whatever this thing is. Obviously try and distract him and get him to look away with treats, a happy voice or by gently guiding the dog away on a leash. Once the dog is away from the cat, try offering a treat. If they take it, repeat this process until he is no longer focused on the cat or the door. Obviously you don't want your dog to become obsessed with this cat as well you want them to kind of get over that quite quickly so that it's just a thing that they regularly see in the house rather than it's a cat that they see on the walk that they get overly excited about and want to chase you want them to just recognize that it's just part of the family it's like them seeing their owner it's just another thing in the house that's yeah. co-living in that space yeah
0: and hopefully if they get on you know that'll sort of get on like they do you know and it won't be like a a whole thing like a whole thing to get all excited about so that's the best scenario isn't it Uh, now there are a couple uh, a few warning signs that we're just going to share with you because obviously this might be a process that not only takes a long time but will have a few hiccups because you know you are introducing two completely different breed like you know kinds of animals together and like we've probably reiterated a few times like dogs and cats um they all have different personalities and different kinds of animals and um, whether they gel with each other or not. Um, so there are some things to look out for just um, to keep an eye on. Um, so here's a couple, a few warning signs. If the dog maintains, remains, sorry, overly focused, um, does not take their eyes off the cat or the door, completely ignores your lunges suddenly as soon as the cat moves, this is probably a dangerous match. If you're looking for a dog for your resident cat, try another dog. If this is your dog, you probably should not be getting them a cat. So then this is probably quite prevalent with things and a dogs breeds have got like a high prey drive you know like um I'm just trying to think uh like a Dachshund, they have high prey drives don't they um so they'll just like automatically like lunge at something that's um not them and moves in a way that maybe a cat does um, that might
1: end up not ending well <laughs> yeah and it is it's important as well that because I know a lot of the time if say you've already got a cat and you go and look at a dog or you've found the dog that you really really want it's important not to get attached because you've got to remember that the cat is is already part of the part of the family you need to find something that will slot into that family rather than getting obsessed with this one dog and if they just aren't gonna Mm. get on with each other it's just you're gonna make both both animals quite stressed out and it just won't be fair it's like you know in the um, say you've already got a child and then you go and have your baby and people say that they get worried that they're not going to get on I think it's different with dogs and cats because they just have this um, this thing in the back of their head already don't they like you said if they're a hunting dog or um, mm. that sort of thing then yeah it might be quite difficult yeah now if at any time the dog lunges forward growls snaps or uh, shows any aggression towards a calm quiet still cat This match uh, will probably not work out. The same holds true if the cat attacks a calm, quiet dog. If you are committed to make the relationship work, you will probably need a professional at this point. So there is always a way out. There is always something that you can go to if you are sort of, it could even be a situation where you've, um you've got a dog from like a family member or you know you needed to take care of this dog for somebody else and you know that you're going to have to have them for a long period of time or you just you built this bond with this dog you there is ways around it you just need to yeah. get the professional help and it may just take a little bit longer and just be patient with it
0: yeah I mean you know I don't know I, I don't know what kind of professional you would get maybe like a the only person I can think of is Jackson Galaxy have you ever seen yeah. my cat from hell <laughs> <laughs> equally love that program (laughs) so if you're looking for a cat for your dog and your dog displays questionable behavior around the cat who is growling hissing and swatting try again with another calmer cat if it continues to display questionable behavior around multiple cats it's likely they should not live with cats i think is sort of the vein running through this whole thing is just that if it's gonna be if it's not gonna work out just accept that really
1: (laughs) yeah yeah Now, if it is your cat who is growling, hissing, or swatting, give your cat a break and try again on another day. You may also need to try a different dog. A cat who constantly hisses and growls at at all types of dogs will likely not want to live with dogs. They could have also had like a bad experience in the past, which is just sort of is like a learned behavior. They know that they just don't want to be around a dog. Uh, your yeah. cat may tolerate a dog but she probably won't be happy which is quite obviously an unfair situation for them especially if the cat was there first it's like I was here first why are you bringing this dog into this equation
0: <laughs> it's really not it's not really fair is it really just because you might want the dog or the cat and um, putting them in a situation that's all consuming because obviously their world is quite small um if your cat's like an, like an indoor cat as well uh, and bringing something in into that uh, environment that's going to make them unhappy isn't going to make them very happy <laughs> or very well. So if your cat stops eating, drinking, using the litter box, or visiting uh, family members, they're not happy. You might want to consider finding a better match or contacting a professional animal behaviorist for advice. Like cats are really good at hiding when they're not. Particularly feeling very well or very comfortable, but if things like uh, eating, drinking, and using the litter box are usually quite um, a strong indication that something's not quite right. And if, if you've recently introduced a dog into the house, uh, it's probably the thing that's making that happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so those are some tips and a bit of advice on introducing dogs to cats. Um, there's a little bit more information as well, um, which, I'll be, which will be in the blog which accompanies this episode. So if you want to go check that out, just go and check the show notes. Um, and if you want to get in contact with us or find us on social media all the links will be in the show notes too so yeah thanks for joining us this week and Leah and I will see you next week bye bye